Happy New Year, listeners! Welcome, 2019, and two brand new stories straight from the lab. Stay tuned. Professor Theo's Mystery Lab. I'm Professor Theo. Welcome to the lab. I'm broadcasting from the campus of Splendid University, even this week on winter break. I've been away for several days and have done little else but play video games. I thought I'd be more productive here, listeners, so I returned to my top-secret, confidential, only-for-me, stay-away lab. But all those video games made me think of Tanner. You know Tanner, one of Splendid's computer whiz kids tricked into working for Mr. X, and now quantum leaping from one video game to the next. This week our attention turns back to him, as well as the fifth and final chapter of our Time Traveling Teens series. Theory X, Part 3. Whiz-kid good guy Tanner had been put into the video gaming world by bad guy Mr. X to retrieve a virus that Mr. X then planned to use to destroy all video games. Tanner found the virus, but he'd kept it hidden as he rallied an army of video game characters to fend off Mr. X's frequent attacks and save all of gaming. Ever since, Tanner had been leaping from one game to the next. He once leapt into a game to help a very fast hedgehog in very big trouble, and then, then leapt into another game to find himself training dragons to fight. He kept leaping over and over again, waiting for the final leap home. Out of the gaming world. Back to Splendid. When we last left Tanner, he had been temporarily zapped out of the gaming world by the villainous Mr. X into Mr. X's lab. But Tanner didn't have the virus. He had handed it over to one of his technological friends for safekeeping. Mr. X did not know Tanner had asked some plants and zombies to bury the virus deep and make sure it was protected. With the help of Tanner's space invader friends, Italian brothers, one giant ape and one scrappy stampy cat, and a few others, the virus was safe. For now. No one wanted Mr. X to get a hold of it. No one except Tanner? Mr. X brainwashed Tanner and sent him back into the game to get that virus. Tanner approached his many friends one at a time to question them. A few noticed right away that something was wrong. He's not his usually cheery self, a zombie confided in a space invader. Do you think Tanner is acting weird? A street fighter asked a futuristic race car driver. Where is the virus? I want it now, Tanner screamed. He sounds a lot like... Mr. X, one distempered bird, confided to the group. He's been brainwashed, screamed a blue Kiko. 
Word quickly spread that Tanner was not himself. And as hard as Tanner tried to find that virus for Mr. X, he was unsuccessful. The longer it took, the angrier he got. That's when a group of kung fu tortoises teamed up with a boy named Link and some random creepers to hatch a plan to save Tanner as well as themselves. They told all the others, and it was on. Tanner, I believe you're looking for this. A bashful blue ghost nudged a package close to the boy whiz kid. Tanner looked at it. Thank you, he said. It's about time somebody in here turned out to be useful. Tanner opened the package. It contained the virus. Tanner laughed, and in a blink, he was gone. All right, everybody, back to your games, a giant ape commanded as he rolled out on top of a wooden barrel. Others followed orders, and all waited. Meanwhile, Tanner stood in Mr. X's lab. No longer brainwashed, the whiz kid was unsure what had just happened. He spotted Mr. X. Mr. X was holding the virus. It can't be, Tanner pleaded. Oh, it is, promised Mr. X. Say goodbye to your friends. Suddenly, all went black. Is it? Tanner began. Gone, Mr. X continued. All the world's games, computers, technology, gone. And do you know why, Tanner? Do you want to know what's really at the heart of the Theory X project? Suddenly, the lights came back on in Mr. X's lab. The many TV screens and monitors that filled the place lit up, each one with a different game being played. Tanner smiled. It didn't work. That's impossible, Mr. X demanded. Though on a closer inspection, he realized the virus was a dud. But this virus was built by the smartest, the best, me! And it was rebuilt by us, Tanner's many video game friends jumped from their screens and filled up the room. Mr. X panicked. They're, they're leaving the game. They are entering the real world. This can't be happening. You're right, screamed an orange kung fu tortoise. We're not in the real world. You are a game now. Mr. X began to panic. A race car driver chimed in. Some of us have been around these parts for a long, long time, and we know a bit about programming by now. The Italian plumbers agreed, informing Mr. X that in his new game, he might spend quite a bit of time on the run. From us. From all of us. Mr. X looked around to see that he was surrounded by dozens of everyone's favorite video game characters and all seemed ready to take the ultimate prize. Him, Mr. X. Mr. X ran and all the others chased him. All except Tanner. Tanner stayed behind. He was thrilled. Until... Tanner was suddenly surrounded by Mr. X's army of whiz kids. Looks like your friends are gone now. 
we're here. And regardless of what happens to our boss, we have a mission to take you down. Can't we all get along? Tanner tried to make peace, but the whiz kid army didn't look very friendly. That's when Tanner noticed a portal in a nearby wall, a black hole that led to, well, who knew? That blank pit could lead anywhere. Tanner would have to take his chances against a large group of angry whiz kids, or he could see where that black hole leads. What would you do? Tanner jumped in and disappeared. The whiz kids groaned. Most gave up, sulked, but one persisted. Her name was Max, and she followed Tanner without hesitation into the black hole and toward who knows what and who knows where. And that's all for Theory X Part 3. You won't have to wait as long to see what happens to young Tanner and Max, another splendid whiz kid youth. For Theory X Part 4 is just a couple weeks away. Of course, they're not the only splendid youth wrapped up in some dangerous shenanigans. For the last four weeks, I've been telling you the tale of those time-traveling teens from McFly Middle the McFly Middle School Science Club, also known as Those Time-Traveling Teens, conclude their five-chapter adventure now. Those Time-Traveling Teens, Chapter 5. Ava had been found. She perched in a tree at least a hundred feet off the ground. The very sight of it would have usually thrown Elliot as he was terrified of heights, but he was so relieved at the sight of Ava that he instantly began to climb. Cat and Dana were close behind him. They were all screaming Ava's name. What are you guys doing here? Ava yelled back. We came to get you, Cat began, to take you back, Dana finished. I don't want to go back, Ava shouted. The three climbers, now twenty feet off the ground, stopped long enough to share puzzled glances. Did she say she wants to stay? Here? Cat spoke. Elliot loudly blurted out, That's ridiculous, Ava. You can't stay here. What about your parents? What about school? What about the science club? You're going to have to make a stronger case than that, Elliot. Seriously. I've found my place. I'm staying. You all should hop back before it's too late. Ava seemed perfectly content, in a way that none of them had ever noted. The calmer Ava came across, the more agitated Elliot became, and the harder the sixth graders had to work to moderate. We can't make her, on the part of Cat, was met with a, You're crazy! We can't leave her, she'll be eaten by a T-Rex! From Elliot. Then Dana would attempt to pacify the situation with a, let's just focus on getting up there to her and then we'll hear her out. Hear her out? Elliot answered into an echo of, it'll be okay, calm down. Before long, they had reached the top and joined Ava. 
The four fit snugly on a very large branch of a tree that, judging from its circumference, must have been hundreds of years old. Of course, none of them could neglect the enormous, hawking brontosaurus that shuffled nearby, munching leaves from branches a bit higher than the T4 group. I call him Bernie, Ava said proudly. As if he was summoned, Bernie poked his head down, looking at the foursome, and he seemed to smile. His head was massive, and he could have swallowed them up if he desired. Of course, he wouldn't do that. Don't look so scared, Elliot. Bernie wouldn't harm a fly. I know. Don't you think I know that? I know the Brontosaurus is a plant eater. Listen, you have no idea what we had to go through to find you, Elliot muttered frantically. Ava continued, as if no one but her had spoken. Bernie takes good care of me. We're friends. She went on to explain how at home she felt in the Jurassic, how the stressors of middle school melted away with the humbler living of these large, simple, prehistoric beings. To Elliot and Dana and Kat, she sounded like she had lost her mind. But there was no doubt that Ava was happy here, and it appeared that there was no way the three of them would be able to get her to join them in hopping back. Well, maybe there was one way. Cat had an idea. Dana knew from the look on her face. Cat's eyes were very telling. Elliot knew it too. It turns out that spending this much time together, not to mention running for your life from dinosaurs, was a pretty good way to get to know someone. What are you doing, checking your Twitter? Ava asked comically as Cat began fiddling with her phone. Yeah, Cat replied. See, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Life is so much easier here, and without all that social media junk, you have plenty of time to let your mind wander, to think, and be free. That's the biggest difference here, I think. I feel free for the first time in my life. Ava continued on about her current state, as if she had just moved from city to country, until Kat stopped her. Okay, fine. Ava is right. We'll leave her here. Cat's declaration was unexpected, even to Ava, who muttered a, Thank you, Cat. Cat continued, But before we go, I want one last selfie of the four of us together. Ava was a sucker for selfies. She once popped 167 selfies in just three and a half hours. She took one everywhere she went. But Cat wasn't sure this new Ava would be up for it. Ava paused and then said, Okay, yeah, sure, come here. The foursome gathered around close together, and Cat fixed her phone to a selfie stick. You brought a selfie stick? Elliot asked, stunned. Cat replied with a matter of fact, of course. Cat snapped one and then another. Bernie the Brontosaurus even got in on the act, taking a break from his late afternoon snack to duck his head down lovingly toward Ava. Oh, how sweet. Yes, you can be in the picture, too, Ava said playfully to her new friend. Suddenly, the world went black, and the foursome and Bernie was left stunned when his newfound homo sapien posse instantly vanished into thin air. Within seconds, the T-4 crew had been blasted back to present day. All of the sudden, 
The next selfie was being taken in front of Ava's house, fortunately around the time her parents were expecting company for dinner. What did you do that for? Ava questioned, the anxiousness of modern life instantly taking back over her body language and voice. The other three simply smiled back, relieved that they had survived such a tumultuous trip. That was brilliant, Cat. Elliot patted her on the back and then embraced his two sixth-grade friends that had, in the past hour or so, completely changed his opinion on sixth-graders and their contributions to his world. Yeah, what a great idea, Dana added. The threesome noted that Ava did not look so relieved or happy as they did. In fact, she looked quite disappointed until her mother appeared in the doorway of her home. Ava, get in here, dear. It's time for dinner, her mother yelled. And this brought a smile to the young genius's face, for she knew deep down that her place was here. She didn't give in completely to her friends, though. Well, I guess there are a few things I would have missed about modern day. Like your friends? Elliot asked. Please, like my mom's lasagna. I'll see you all tomorrow. Ava turned and ran toward her mom, who scolded her for being filthy. Look at this. Cat pulled in Dana and Elliot and began to show them the selfies they took with Bernie the Brontosaurus. That's amazing. A real dinosaur. How many people can say they've done that? Elliot instantly grew worried, and a, a sheet of sweat poured over his face. You don't think... No. What? the girls asked in unison. Elliot's face was red. Seriously, what is it? Cat was getting testy. We saved the day. We're fine. We didn't end up being a dinosaur's dessert. You can celebrate now. Elliot was serious, though. Shouldn't Bernie have hopped back with us? The answer was no. It had to be no, right? Ava was sure of it. The other three didn't sleep all night thinking about the possible consequence of their latest time travel. How are you so sure? Elliot pleaded. Ava was sure. She explained in complicated terms and equations that only she could really understand, 100%, that the possibility of hopping back a being of such a large size would be impossible. It's outfitted for us, Ava explained. Anything much larger just wouldn't work. I bet you couldn't even hop Mr. Cooper back in time. Mr. Cooper was their new principal, who had suddenly taken an interest in the science club's work. Maybe if we did, that would get him off our back, Cat said. Ava went on, and on, and on. She likes to explain things thoroughly, until all around her understand, which never really happens, so sometimes she just keeps talking. She wore down her classmates, not so much because she was able to convince them of the science of such an extreme hop, but because they were tired of hearing her go on and on about it. She could sense this, and simply summed up her lecture with two words. Don't worry. And we probably shouldn't worry. Ava is, after all, one of the smartest boys or girls or men and women in all of Splendid. So I trust her. But every once in a while I hear sounds coming from the forest nearby the university. Sounds unlike anything I've ever heard. And it just makes me wonder. But surely, no, no. Don't worry. 
That's all for this week, listeners. I hope you have the happiest of New Year's. I'll be back next week with our first episode of 2019. Until then... Professor Theo's Mystery Lab is written and read by Jonathan Joy. And Levi Joy. I'm Rissy Joy. Please rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Spread the word. Tell a friend. If you don't, Professor Theo might zap you back in time. If he could do that type of thing, I mean. Also, please consider supporting this project by making a small monthly pledge at ProfessorTheo.com. You can email our family at theprofessortheo at gmail.com or tweet at us at Theo underscore mystery. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week.